Welcome to Requiem of the Outcast, coming to you live via your computer every month, bringing all the best in fan audio, web reviews, and all the tips and tricks for creating and promoting your projects. We're here to help you tell Hollywood, hey, nice try, but we'll take it from here. All right, and welcome back to Requiem of the Outcast, episode four. Um, this is the continuation of our fan film episode from last month. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of things going on. Um, we've been dealing with the corporate sponsor, and from Noah's Arcade, and um, well, it hasn't been going exactly the way we wanted to. But uh, we're, I guess, we're in it for the long haul. So, um, well, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to the news. Janine. Well, Rich, I've got the news. Scene six, I mean six, of Jackson's Eleven is online. Check this amazing ongoing webcomic at www.jacksonseleven.com. StarWarsSpoofs.com has a new cartoon. It features Captain Neil's apology. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you guys, I can't do this. I quit. I'm sorry. Wait, <laughs> I don't care if my voice is annoying. I can't wait. do this sexy thing in one take. It's too I, much a pain in the butt. Actually, um, uh, we, we kind of have something to tell you. Um, actually, we uh, we don't have the corporate sponsor anymore. It turns out... Uh, no, the the loophole that Noah found when he bought the show actually didn't really count because turns out the uh, the ha ha ha! Then I get to be back on the show. That's you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, Will the disembodied voice. I, I guess we can allow him back now. Um, oh! Well, the, yeah, how'd you tell him? Well, yeah, he kind of overheard. Uh, I was actually, on. I was up in the air conditioning vent. He probably was. Um, I, I heard. Now, where have you been, Will? What have you been? What's been going on with you over the well, past the month? Well, the first week was kind of bad. You know, Ben and Jerry's, Mr. Pickles, and my soap helped me get through the first couple of weeks. Your then, soap? Yeah, my soap opera. Which soap opera? I don't uh, really know what it was called. As the world turns. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You've been watching it for the past month. You don't know was, what it's called. Was it the one? Was it the one with the guy? Who acts like he's all like, no, like every time the music, every time he turns and he looks really harshly at the camera, the music goes, dun dun. No, it was the one. Oh, that narrows it down. It was, it was, <laughs> it was the one where you know, the lady had a brain tumor and a kid, and she was going through a divorce while the court system wasn't working for her, and everybody at the court system was messed up because of drugs. Actually, it sounds like an episode of Springer. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so anyway, so after the couch, what did you decide to do? Me and my pet midget, um, Mr. Pickles, decided to go on a field trip. And um, we took the magic school bus. At least that's what we like to call it. It's our... Um, Special ed bus? Yeah, it's the Civic. Um, <laughs> it's the Civic. It's the very short bus. <laughs> and then... Um, it's the Mirthmobile. <laughs> we traded that in for Mr. Pickles the mule. Okay, so not to interrupt because this is totally riveting. Well, I, I appreciate that, that you're telling us all this, but uh, let's let's focus this back on on what's important. Why did y'all neglect to tell me this? Well, well, Janine, it you know we got such a great response. You can read about it in my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my midget? 
me and my midget. So, so we get, Janine. Me and my midget. My midget. Well, you can do all the commercials for it. Here's the deal. The we got such a great response to the sexy voice that we decided we'd get more listener response if we left you on there. And not to mention that my 900 number that I was running with clips of your voice was doing excellent business. Yeah, are you kidding me? That's how we were actually able to... We were... Bang! Pow! Stop! Bang! Stop! Stop! stop. <laughs> Stop beating the ghost. Actually, that's how we were able to buy our uh, our contract and ownership back. So, really, you helped save the show, Janine. Thank you. <laughs> All right, enough of that silliness. Of course, you know what? The the, the girls that I ran the pictures of uh, saying that they were Janine, I, I guess... Excuse me? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That... You couldn't use the original? <laughs> Well, you know, I didn't want her to know, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah. What, what about I calendar? thought I was going to say, you, what about you said those pictures would never be shown, Ron. <laughs> Incidentally, coming up soon on the Girls of the Requiem of the Outcast calendar. <laughs> Which, incidentally, as per um, our, our speaking of our calendar, we actually had a winner for our trivia contest from a, a couple months ago. Uh, the question was, do you remember the question? Uh, you, did, you know, I vaguely remember the question. I think it was, uh, I think it was a quote. It was, uh, you are only a general, I must be a king, I think is, is the quote it was. And it, it was, of course, Sir Alec Guinness. That's right, Sir Alec Guinness. And, of course, the winner was? Brian Young of Shinebox Motion Picture Companies. Woo! Based in Orem, Utah. He also has a Shinebox comic book store as well, and he's got a fan film called... Shameless oh, plug! <laughs> it's called Revenge of the Jawa, and it, it features a giant, enormous Jawa. <laughs> and as a free gift for winning, he gets a free copy of my autobiography, My Midget and Me. As well as, <laughs> as well as the the uh, requiem of the outcast calendar. So uh, whenever we have the trivia contest, remember, folks, there is actual real prizes. So we'll make sure to get up with you and uh, get your address and send it to you. I guess we have to make that calendar now, huh? Yeah. yeah oh, by the way, way, by the way, we didn't finish the answer. It was Sir Alec Guinness in uh, in Lawrence of Arabia. He played uh, Prince okay. Faisal. All right. Now we're going to be bringing up some uh, new. New sections to the show, just because I want to try to keep this, of course, fan-based. And um, we've got some upcoming conventions. Oh, speaking of conventions. Speaking of conventions. Our uh, close personal friend, Jerry. Jerry. She just went to a convention out in Las Vegas and uh, brought you back something, Rich. Ooh, a presents. What did I get? What did I get? <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> oh, my God. This is brilliant. <laughs> Man, I wish this. I wish you guys could see this. <laughs> what they are? They are gun targets featuring annoying Star Wars characters. We have the Jawa target. We have the Ewok target. I guess whenever they're in season, and the priceless Gungan target. More, it's Jar Jar, and it's it's a target. It's got and little scoring on it. And values and. Point values. I mean, uh, this is something that I could actually go and shoot Jar Jar. This is too cool. Uh, there isn't a website or anything, so we can't tell you where you guys can get them. www.shootjarjar.com. <laughs> hey, Probably. if you make them, tell us who you are. Yeah, if you make these, if you by any chance hear this is one of the 13 people that listen to the show, uh, please let us know. I imagine that this was uh, purchased at a convention, so... It was probably made by a fan just like you. Las so. Vegas convention in October. 
That Halloween is, weekend, as a matter of fact. That is too cool. That is too cool. All right, and getting back to the conventions, it seems that there's... I've got three of them here, and these, of course, were taken from TheForce.net, the bastion of information that it is. Uh, the, there's a Dark Xmas, excuse me, Dark Christmas convention in Youngstown, Ohio, December 5th through the 7th. Star Wars guests are Mr. Mike Quinn, Michael Shear, who played Admiral Ozzel, and for more information, you can go to www.darkxmas.com. Another convention is Dragon Meat at London in the UK. At London? It's in London, in the UK. Uh, December 13th, the Star Wars guests are Mr. Anthony Daniels, who of course played C-3PO, and that guy that was in the bar in Attack of the Clones. For more information, you can go to <laughs> www.dragonmeat, that's M-E-E-T, dot com. Also, the final one on the list today is JediCon 9 in... Basildon Essex, 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 E-S-S-E-X, I think that's over in the U.K. also. Essex. thank you. That's December 14th. Star Wars guests are Mr. Ray Park, Darth Maul, Michael Sheard, Admiral Uzzel, as he gets around, Tom Weldon, who played Gala Yins, who is a bounty hunter and stormtrooper, Stephen Calcutt, who was a Gamorrean guard, as well as a Dave Prowse and Peter Mayhew stand-in, Tim Dryge, who is a whippet, uh, who was the whippet Tanish and in Elom, and Captain Vahach, who was a Mon Calamari officer. Sean Crawford. You suck. Seven, yeah, I can't pronounce these. He played Yakface. See, I can do that one. <laughs> uh, for more information about that show, go to www.sci-fi-shows.com slash JediCon. And of course... Rich is not hooked on phonics. For more information about all of these and any upcoming convention, you can go to theforce.net slash cons, C-O-N-S. Hey, every time you can't read, shoot Jar Jar. <laughs> and now for one of our uh, new sections is fan fiction releases. Um, these are the releases for September and October and November. Uh, you can check out all the fanfics that are posted at the Fanfiction Archive, which is at uh, fanfic.theforce.net. Keith, who reads fanfiction? <laughs> me! <laughs> I imagine quite a few people, as it seems I to be rather popular. I read fanfiction because a good friend of mine writes uh, Dantana Skywalker is her uh, handle on theforce.net, and she writes some pretty good stuff, especially if you're a Jaina... Solo liken her with Kip Duran, shipper type person. Welcome to the Nepotism Network. Your host today is Janine Garner. <laughs> hey, this is you know this. I appreciate that. This, <laughs> this is all about promoting fan stuff. <laughs> so if there's a fan that's made something, we want to promote it. Oh, absolutely. Um, some of the releases are a Fractured Reality by Gabri Jade, Thief by Obana. Uh, Good Fertilizer by Jane Jin. Unreality by Abamanabana. Dude, you... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. We got Ascension by Morian Minor. Breaking Through the Silence by Missalee Nochi. Ooh, Nochi. Episode 3, The Decoy by Elinon Bybeth. He made my bed. <laughs> Lady 
Padme and Gabri Jade. Wait, wait, she made my bed by Padme? He That's, made my bed. Can they put that online? I mean, isn't that slash? Isn't that considered... He a, made my bed. Is this is an erotic website? I think... Oh. For an erotic fan film, only a TFN. Hey, I think it all for the Nachi. Come on, the Nachi. A Dream Within a Dream by Liana Mara. A Wind from the West by Lady Elaine. Alright, Jimmy, that's kind of creepy now. Was all this stuff written by Colleen McCullough or, or Jackie <laughs> Collins? <laughs> <laughs> the Harlequin section of fanfic. Always shoot, shoot first by Handmaiden Airtag. <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine we're reading these out of context or something. Dance <laughs> by Obona. By Billy <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> He's pissed about the Empire, and he's dancing his way across it. <laughs> Tears of Angels by Miana Kenobi. Leia Organa by Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight by Julie. Oh, look, she's got a normal name. Hey, cool. The Sand Affair by Fern Withy. Old Wounds <laughs> by Herman Snurd. He's the only dude who wrote fan Okay, okay, okay. It's not the Sand Affair. It's the Sand Fair. <laughs> the Sand Affair sounds like Tuscan porn. <laughs> Everything's a porn with you guys. Jeez, what is your generation got to? I'm just music. picturing a bunch of soft-based bear and a little Jawa comes out, you know? Flash animation Jawa. <laughs> It's Ron, ah, it's Ron, it's Ron Jawany, you know. No, no, the KD. <laughs> the catch line, you really want to know what's under that hood? <laughs> we're short, but we're proportional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going on the blooper reel. <laughs> okay. Okay, like I was saying, Old Boons by Herman Snurd. I think the only dude on this list. Who's a nerd? <laughs> We're doomed by Jane Jin. We're doomed? Is that? I think it's a droid one, I'm guessing. Okay. Introspection by Destiny. That sounds like a stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> this is in TFN After Dark. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Parental guidance is suggested. Oh, hold me. By Ty Caliber. The day. That's actually the calmest one we've ever <laughs> The Downfall by Mari Zoo. Of Mari Zoo by Kit. <coughs> and All I Loved, I Loved Alone by Liana Mara. Lightsabers and Lullaby by Jedi to be. Who comes up with these names? By, by the way, all, all of the artwork for these features Fabio, in case you didn't know. I can't believe it's, I can't believe it's not the Force. <laughs> Incidentally, I'm, I'm sure that this the fanfic is good. I really do suggest you go out and read some of it. Um, it's done by fans who love the series. Um, we did have a little fun with the names. Of course, when you read the names that are, and they're uh, taken out of context, they do sound funny. So it's not in any way meant as a knock on, on some of these folks. I actually do sure plan on reading some of them. Well, okay, I don't plan it as a knock. but uh, We don't know you yet, but if we don't like it, then they are true. <laughs> but uh, for all those people who are out there writing fanfic, um, keep at it. And as a matter of fact, if any of you do read a lot of fanfic, we are looking for somebody to review these, and they can either record their reviews... Or um, they can, you know, email them to one of us, and uh, we will be more than happy to read it on the air for you. Um, 
but unfortunately, there's so much fanfic out there that it's oftentimes very, very difficult to uh, read all of it. But I know that there are some folks that have that time, and if they're interested in uh, being on the show reviewing it, we'd love to have them on. So if you're interested, you can contact me at rich at starwarsfanworks.com, or you can go ahead and post in our forum on the audio <clears throat> on the audio boards at TFN. And you'll get a free copy of my autobiography. <laughs> You know you're actually gonna have to write that now. <laughs> Dude, I could just I could pull it off the page. I think you should. I think I'll write it down. We'll, we'll send it out. I'm serious, man. Write write something down. We'll send it out. Um, all right, now we're gonna move on to the Clone Wars. Obviously, uh, by the time this show comes out, the first ten chapters of Clone Wars will have been out at the time of this recording. Since my co-hosts are going to be out of town for the rest of the month, we're actually recording this on the sixteenth or fifteenth. Out of me. town. Out of town. Okay, maybe they're not. Maybe they've been lying to me this whole time. We just don't want to see you, dude. Bunch of jerks. Oh, yeah, right. No, we're we're out of town. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to be driving by your guys' house every day and find out. <laughs> that was so creepy. Your printer's talking back. You know? <laughs> All right, you can... You can. <laughs> printer talking back. <laughs> Uh, we have only seen up to episode six because that's all that's been out, and we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about Clone Wars. I am a Sith. Yeah, we've we've got a bald yeah. chick that's a, that's a Sith. My that neck is longer than my body. Dude, she's and not a Sith. She has a blue and green lightsaber. That's true. Can, is she truly evil? Does she have a red lightsaber? How no. How can she be a Sith when there can only be two, a master and a print and apprentice? I'm that's totally a very good. Confused. But maybe she's a Sith witch, which goes very good with hamburger, much like manwitch. <laughs> That was a bad joke, man. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of that joke, okay? Uh, you guys are a bunch of jerks. Smile and nod. Smile and nod. Don't look straight at him. Don't look straight at him. Stupid's contagious. Stupid's contagious. Your mama. Don't make eye contact. The Animatrix was cool, and since we're talking about the Clone Wars cartoons, it's that really bridged the gap between the first and second Matrix movies. And it does seem like the, the Clone Wars cartoons are actually like that, where it's some form of extended universe that is, uh, th- that's basically just you know bridging gaps. It's telling stories that aren't going to waste screen time, which, of course, with the Matrix, there was a lot of screen time that was needed for the story itself and a lot of this background stuff, like the history of the Matrix itself, as well as uh, you know the history of some of the characters wasn't needed to be on screen. Well, we're starting to see that a little bit with the Clone Wars cartoons, where of course up till Episode Six we've seen Dirge, the two thousand year old Mandalorian. What the freak jouster. is that all about? He's a Mandalorian jouster. What else does he need to know? How is he two thousand years old? That kind of annoys me. Howard Hughes cryogenic freezing. It's got to be. Like Walt Disney. Me. Like, like Walt, Walt Di- Disney. Exactly like Walt Disney. Did they freeze Mickey Mouse too? No, you Mickey Mouse totally is a cartoon. It's the same um, thing Michael Jackson wants to do. Yeah. He wants to cryogenically freeze himself. Except for Dirge, except for Dirge doesn't want Macaulay Culkin with him. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Michael Jackson wants Macaulay Culkin with him anymore. He's That's true. He's, he's old, old now. now. <laughs> he's in his twenties. Too old. <laughs> <laughs> he's too old. <laughs> now, my question with this whole Clone Wars thing, we are seeing the introduction of all these characters, like um, the 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 Sith chick. Um, She's, you know, she's kind of violating the whole one master, one apprentice thing. Um, we also have a 2,000-year-old Mandalorian. So are we, are we actually seeing some concrete history to the Mandalorians? You know, is this considered official canon, or is it going to be just like, you know, the Glove of Darth Vader, where it came out, it's supposed to bridge gas, but you want to know what? Um, we're changing it how to whatever we want to, because, of course, with the Glove of Darth Vader series, we see... 
uh, Han and Leia getting married at the end of it, but it is not the same storyline. Those books were really retarded too. Well, that too. But I uh, read them and they were lame. Like I was a kid and I read them. What Zorba the Hutt? You didn't like Zorba the Hutt? No. Oh my <laughs> gosh, he had like dreadlocks. I mean, what was that all about? A hut with dreadlocks. Yeah. I don't remember that, but that sounds kind of cool. He was a Bob Marley slug. I, I just. <laughs> I, oh, oh, it you, was you know, you, bad. You, you've completely lost me. The, the the glove of Darth Vader and like 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 the emperor the emperor like had a I'm son oh Triocules yeah I mean those books I have them just because I have every single Star Wars book ever written <coughs> which is the only reason what did you say since you're my favorite person in the world that's what I thought <laughs> anyway they're lame they're so lame. Yeah, there's a lot of people that really aren't all that thrilled with the, you know, the storyline. And of course, that was before established canon uh, had been created by Del Rey. That was before they were still testing the waters out with the Thrawn books. But with these being the cartoons and these officially being said to bridge gaps, are these going to be canon? You know, is this the official, unedited, inerrant word of Lucas, or is it something that will change? Even, I mean, he's even contradicted his, himself with the. Uh, the original scene and the special editions, even to the uh, theatrical release of Attack of the Clones, to the uh, to the IMAX version, to the DVD version, each of those were different. Even with uh, Phantom Menace, when the the VHS version is different than the theatrical version, and the DVD version is different than the uh, VHS. So it is. Mm-hmm. It's got some uh, changed scenes. You know, he's probably taken the Star Trek approach. They just don't care what happened in previous episodes and do whatever the freak they want on the next one. Yeah, continuity. Who needs continuity? We'll just bring back all the characters. Incidentally, in the final prophecy, I believe Chewbacca comes back. What? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. Oh. I know you're, you're anti-spoiler, but I was just talking out of my mouth. Actually, no, I read the final prophecy, and it was Chewbacca does not come back. Oh, okay. Well, it did take a moon to kill him, so I don't think he's coming back from that. I don't think even Berman and Braga could bring a character back from a moon falling on them. But that's just me. Um, no, so he might be in a nice coat now. So. <laughs> somebody, oh, you didn't go somebody there. Somebody got him mounted and stuff with a, like a there. funny face on no, him. Like, actually, he's on the <laughs> He's mounted. He's, 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 like he took Bosk, him some taxidermist. And he's mounted with like, a mouth wide open and the eyes like glaring like they do with like beavers and stuff. Got a Gungan hanging out of his mouth. Do you like, <laughs> even know how many Star Wars fans want to like beat you up now? Actually, actually you, you know. See, this is great because we're on radio. Salvatore got death threats for writing yes, that. Uh, Salvatore did get death threats, which was really sad, you know. Um, okay, well, if you want to send any death threats my way, you can send them at, to. Uh, JKG underscore Vader hey! at yahoo.com. Okay, Mr. RGUSMC1 at yahoo.com. <laughs> See, no one even understands what you just said. Yo, they're gang symbols, dude. Oh. We're, we're getting all G funky over here. Word. All right. So, our question is to Lucas, to everybody um, Are the Clone Wars, are they. Uh, are they canon or are they not? Let us know because we're all kind of curious as to what's going to happen or in this next canon? movie. Because I'm sure George Lucas <coughs> listens to our show. Well, why not? Yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? Like everybody listens to this show. This is uh, this is like the ultimate in uh, Star Wars fan stuff. The world stuff. revolves around us, Janine. Yeah. Maybe me, but. When we get back from this commercial break, we're going to go ahead and leap directly into the uh, Chris Hannell interview. Uh, he talks a little bit about the formula, and, and uh, after that interview, we're going to have some more commercials, and we'll be right back after this. In the fight for peace in the galaxy, one young man is about to discover the most powerful weapon of all. 
Star Wars Dallas Cast, starring Richard Brooks and Adam Bertacci. Hunted, persecuted, wronged, blamed, misunderstood, and nearing extinction. Not the Jedi Order, the Dark Jedi. Sometimes, evil is justified. Star Wars Dreamscape, starring Matthew Gordon and Michael Haskell. He can control their thoughts. He can ignite their fears. He can provoke their anger. But the truth behind their final act will be far more disturbing. Star Wars The Mob, starring Nathan Butler. Hidden from his superiors. Kept silent by his subordinates. A narcotic in a pilot's bloodstream. One more injection. What could it hurt? Star Wars Addiction, starring Brian Bassetti. Smuggler, scoundrel, scum. Cal Sidarsis has been called worse. He's never questioned his lifestyle. Until now. Star Wars Responsibility, starring Matthew Gordon, Brian Bassetti, and Amy Farrell. Beyond the veil of sight. Carried on waves of sound. The power of true storytelling and the grandeur of Star Wars. The audio experience continues. Star Wars Anthology, a new short audio drama series from Raiders Edge Audio. Now available, Dallas Cast, Dreamscape, The Mob, Addiction, and Responsibility, written, directed, and mixed by Nathan Butler. And in the coming months, all new original Star Wars tales by Sean Cooley, Gary Mongar, Christopher Walker, Ian Bowie, and more. Mixed by rising talent Steve Fugard. There is more to a story than I can. There is more to the galaxy far, far away than you have discovered. But you will. Close your eyes. Open your mind. The audio experience continues at StarWarsFanWorks.com. All right, welcome back to Recommend the Outcast. Uh, on the air now we have Mr. Chris Hannell. You will know him from such wonderful fan films as The Formula and the upcoming uh, Broken Allegiance 2. You may not see him on the screen, but uh, his presence will be felt, as well as the semi-fan film Drugs of Sex, Drugs, and Natalie Portman from Chad Peter. Go ahead Yay, and s- drugs. Yay, drugs. Uh, uh, remember, this is for the kids. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Chris, go ahead and tell the fans a little bit about yourself. Uh, I know not a whole lot is known about you, so. Uh, My name is Christopher Hannell. I'm a Capricorn, and I like long walks on the beach. Uh, I work for TheForce.net. I'm the editor of the humor section and a uh, moderator of the chat boards. Don't mess with me. I got a banding stick. I also work at NP2K.com, which is the website that Chad Peter uh, hosts the Sex, Drugs, and Natalie Portman uh, movies. And I am currently going to visual effects school, the Dave School in Orlando, Florida, and working on our final project before I graduate called Ken Quasar, Guardian of Justice. And that'll be coming out in December, hopefully online. I'm really digging it, and I really want people to see uh, what I've been able to do in a uh, a film that's not like the formula kind of thing. So, because it's, it's all green screen, it's all 3D animation. Uh, we have professional actors and professional equipment. We're filming in HD, so it's gonna it's gonna look really cool. So, I want I want people to take a take a look at it. Uh, you speak of the Dave School. I know it's a particular situation that allowed your entry into the school. Would you like to tell uh, the folks that may not know? <laughs> yes, this story is uh, has made its way around the. Uh, the rumor halls 
turned a little bit, and uh, and, and it's it's a really cool story because of the fact that it's a fan film that got someone somewhere a lot farther. And basically, what happened was so we finished the formula, and this was about in June. June first is when we released it, and people were like, "Okay, you can send it to film festivals now." And and we didn't, we just we had no idea what to do next. And I actually got kind of depressed because. I had nothing to work on. You know, you, you wake up in the morning, you're like, well, what do I do now? And you, you have nothing. And and so uh, John Hudgens, who, uh, Crazy Watto, Jedi Hunter, Darth Vader, Psychic Hotline, yeah, he's he's fan film among the gods. And, yes. uh, very funny fan films. I've enjoyed yes, them Yes, all. very, very funny. And uh, he said, you need to come to Dragon Con. Dragon Con, massive party, Labor Day weekend. Come on down. It's in Atlanta. You'll have a great time. And you, I know that we can get them to show the formula. And at the time, I had very little money. And uh, it's like, for me, that's a 13-hour or 17-hour drive from oh, Iowa to Atlanta. And, of course, my first words were, are you out of your mind? And he said, no, no, come on down. It'll be great. So I took whatever savings I had for gas, hotel, uh, getting into the con, and I drove to Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, stayed with John there, which is where he lives, and we drove the rest of the way. And when we got there, we showed the formula, and it happened that the Dave School happened to be watching the movie. Hmm. And Jeff came up to me, Jeff Sheets, head of the school, awesome guy, came up to me right after and said, I loved what you did there. It's very cool that, you know, people like you are, are doing this because they love it and doing it. And like, he's like, you didn't make any money. I'm like, I spent a lot of my own money on that. I did not make anything back. He says, how would you like to come to the day of school? I'm like, I'd love to. Where is it? Orlando? Uh, no. And then he said, uh, well, how would you like to come free of charge? And nice. my job pretty much hit the ground. And I said, well, can Steve come too? And he says, Steve? And I'm like, well, yeah, he's, you know, me and him kind of worked on that 50-50, you know, extended to him, if you're going to extend it to me. And he said, okay. So I thought about it, and then I told him no. <laughs> then I went home. Uh, I went to a four-year college for about a week, realized I was dumb as a post, and called the guy back and said, all right, let's do it. And I think I started coming only like a month later. And my first day at the school was my first class. I'd never been there before, and I'd just known about it through the website and calling them on the phone. And it was a huge risk on my part. My parents were not happy about it, but it has been... It has been huge. It has been the connections I've made, the the education I've gotten, um, what I'm able to do on my own instead of passing it on to someone else. Um, it's just been it's it's been awesome, and the opportunity was it was amazing that it was given to me. So I am I am a lucky bee. That's all I can say. Did your buddy end up going as well? Steve actually had some other plans going on, so he declined. Uh, wow. Sometimes I, I, I joke with him about it because I'll just go, hey, I'm in Florida. Guess how warm it is down here. I mean, I went surfing on New Year's Day <laughs> for, for an island. Surfing on New Year's Day, that, that's insane. You know, I, I, I really I really get to poke some fun at him, but he was uh, going to school, and he had a good job, and he was getting to work on his project, so... Um, we will, Steve and I will be working together, and I can assure you of that. Well, about the formula itself, since this is our fan film episode, um, the formula, where did the idea come from? <laughs> this is another funny story. Uh, all our stories are funny. If they were boring, they wouldn't really be that good stories, would they? <laughs> and we, we wouldn't put them on our show, either. 
No, no. See, no. I laugh You constantly. obviously know the answer, and you just want to hear me tell it in an exceptionally funny way. Um, the, <laughs> sit down, kiddies. I'm going to tell you a tale. Uh, the year was 2001, January. Uh, I had just been fired from my favorite job, working at software, et cetera. Um, I was doing absolutely nothing. Um, I was living at my parents' house. I mean, I was the paragon of loser. And um, I had, you know, nothing to do. And I had talked with Steve earlier. Steve was a, a friend of a friend kind of thing. And he was also into filmmaking. And I had this, this Woody Allen short story that I so badly wanted to make into a movie called Mr. Big. And uh, Steve and I wanted to do it. And we'd always go out to people and we'd say, you know, here, it's, we, it's a great idea. We want to do this. You know, take a look at the script. And they'd always be like, Hey, that, that's great. Uh, keep up the good work. And we'd be like, no, 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 this is the part where you give us money. Uh, no, and they wouldn't do it. And um, I ended up one day just coming across the Daryl Finley lightsaber tutorial mm. and immediately said, oh, oh, my God, you know, and, you know, the, the visions of every fan filmer popped into my head. And, and uh, after that, I it, it linked to TFN fan films, and I saw the... I saw other films. I saw A Question of Faith, which blew my mind, and uh, other movies. And we went back to Steve and I said, we got to do something with this. we so got to do something with this. And Steve's like, yeah, yeah, keep me, keep me posted. Uh, so I set out uh, trying different ideas. I think at one point we had a Darth Maul, the E! True Hollywood story, <laughs> um, um, which is very much like the Jar Jar Binks, and I just didn't know it existed at the time. So obviously other people, you know, very common idea with people. And I was acting in a community theater production of The Miracle Worker, and the assistant stage manager was this very, very hot woman. Oh, my God, she's beautiful. And I had a huge crush on her, and I was, I was writing backstage in between my scenes, and she would always ask what I was doing. And I, was, I would picture the ideas and say, okay, I got this idea. Tell me what you think. And she would always laugh at me, not with me. She would, she'd laugh at me. Um, with the ideas, and finally I was pitching one unsuccessful idea, and she says, you know, I don't know about what you guys are going to do, but watching you guys do it is going to be funny enough as it is, and then walked away. Was that and light bulb, and the, the, the idea suddenly came, you know, we had already said to ourselves we are not doing a lightsaber duel in a forest with a good guy and a bad guy. We will not do that. So why not make the movie about the guys trying to make the movie about the good guy, bad guy? So this girl, who I had this huge crush on and ended up going to L.A. and marrying, like, the president of Starter, who makes the baseball uniforms for all the teams, whatever. Like, she married some rich guy. So, But before she left, she planted that little seed, which brought us to where we are today, and I wrote a seven-page script, and that turned into a 12-page script, and I gave it to Steve for a rewrite. He turned it into a 40-page script, <laughs> and then we both worked on it until I was about 44 and major changes and started filming, and then a year and a half later, the formula was released. So the way you just described it sounds like Steve ended up uh, doing more of the work on the script than you did, because I know oftentimes you're... You're kind of hailed as the creator of the formula and that it was all your movie. you got to debunk this rumor right now. Or it's not a rumor. It's pretty much considered fact. And as you'll see on the credits on theforce.net and on our website, it says written directed by Christopher Hale and Stephen Phelan. And the creative process was this. It was, it was this, girl, this girl planted the seed in my head to do this idea. And I wrote out the characters and the basic idea 
and the basic plot and the evil director and his friends and did all that. Then I expanded it to 12-page, and I added in the Trekkies. And oh, which then, was a beautiful uh, addition. We wrote way. out the scene structure, and then Steve took it and wrote uh, a, a, about a 40-page version, which uh, this is where a lot of the jokes originated. Um, like, if you want to get really specific, like the line, the emperor just called, he wants his freaking lines back, <laughs> that's Steve's. Um, if you want it, like, uh, dear holy lord god almighty of all that is good and sacred, that's Steve's. A lot of those lines are his. The two ending monologues, the Jaws monologue and the ending monologue and uh, the monologue at the beginning, those I wrote. And, I mean, it's just like, it's all scattered. It ended up being, after he did the 40-page rewrite and we did more research, it ended up being about 50-50. And then, because I was acting in it, Steve was behind camera and he was DP, and he ended up editing. So directing duties were pretty much split 50-50. Because I'd go, no, no, say it like this, and then he'd be doing the camera angle. So... About, you know, about 50-50. So, and um, I just want to stress also that Steve was trying to finish up editing when he was going to be heading out to the Williamstown Theater Festival, and he was going to be gone. I mean, he had to finish it, and he put in so much hard work on the editing. The editing was him. And, I mean, he put in so much elbow grease into it that uh, I I feel really bad when people just say, you know, this is Chris Handel's film, and, and that is so not the case. And so it, this was the nature of of the working relationship between Steve and I and that it wouldn't it, it took both of us for it to work and if only one of us were working on it it never would have gotten done because I if, if I had been working on it myself it never would have been finished like and uh, so I mean it, it, I would throw a bunch of stuff Steve would throw a bunch of stuff it'd get mushed together and to what it is today basically we still we still have arguments every once in a while about who thought up what because it, it was literally that much of a potpourri. There was uh, like the joke with uh, where my saber appears away from me and I walk over to meet up with the lightsaber effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three, three of us in the group claim to have come up with that idea and we still staunchly fight over it. <laughs> over who came up with it. The other one that Steve and I still fight about to this day is, um, I can't remember the joke, but we were, uh, I went back to Iowa for a week to see everybody, and we had a bunch of people over, and Steve and I are sitting up front, and people wanted to watch the formula, and we refused to do it unless we got to do a commentary, because Steve and I can't watch it straight anymore, because we've seen it so many times. So we were watching it, and I joked about how I came up with some idea, and Steve just, I, I came up with that idea, how dare you? And I'm like, what? I, I thought, that, no, I thought, it, it, was, it was so funny that we're still fighting over this. The film is a, a year old, you know, and we still, you know, there's some things that I thought I came up with, and, he, and we still know. We still both claim that we came up with the idea, so... I don't think that'll ever be resolved. It'll be, it'll be 50 years from now. We'll be seeing the old folks and we'll be bitching at each other about it. Well, Digital Llama, is, uh, when can we expect the uh, website to go back up for archived episodes or um, more information about the movie itself or possible upcoming projects by the Llamas? Um, right now, uh, the reason it went down was because our web host, www.giant.net. Do not use giant.net for your web hosting service. I am making the call. Hmm. Just, just do not use them. I've been very unhappy with our service, and uh, uh, it's. I, I didn't take it down. It went down on its own, and I have no idea what happened with it. But it's not there anymore, and I do not intend to pay anymore for it. Uh, 
So what we're doing right now is I am looking for an alternate host, and I'm working, I am negotiating with TFN about getting the old archived episodes up on the website on, on TFN, just to have the link there. And then Digital Hub Player's Guide will need to find a place for it. But as soon as I get better at my web design or, hey, someone with really good PHP skills, if they want to volunteer their time to giving Digital Llama a home once again, that would be great. Um, I really want to do a really nice uh, data-based website so that it's much easier to code and have templates and everything. We're going to have uh, the, the ideas for the website right now is we're going to have a Llama bank with detailed information on everyone that's ever been involved with the movies or the radio show, uh, a place for people to have, like, I noticed that there's no real place for fan filmmakers or people involved with us to have, like, their talent resume. So we want our, our website to be, uh, you know, this is what all that Chris has done, this is all that Steve has done, this is all Abe has done, and just, you know, be a total compendium uh, for everything that we've ever worked with. And then also the other idea we have right now is called the formula shot by shot. And what it would be is it's a, it's like the ultimate commentary and that every single camera angle you have a picture and then I talk about when and where we filmed it, little things to look for, mistakes, what we changed. And it would just be the ultimate, you know, everything you ever wanted to know about this damn movie, all right there. And so it's obviously a lot of work. Very cool, Chris. I Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And, uh, of hey, course, no the websites, again, where they can find your web blog and more about you is... www. NP2K.com. Just think Natalie Portman 2000, NP2K. And you can find my blog and find out what I'm up to and uh, all that good stuff. And I'll link, you know, if anything else you need to go, that's where to go. That's where to check it out. So we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of people that read it, and I will write about everything from how Broken Allegiance is doing to uh, what I ate last night. In the late 1990s, as production began on Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, it was revealed that the upcoming movie would show the planet known as the Galactic Capital of the Republic. Star Wars fans had known the name of the planet ever since 1991, when it was first revealed in the epic novel Heir to the Empire. The only question was, how do you pronounce it? Oh, dude, it's pronounced Coruscant. No way, man, it's pronounced Coruscant. The fans had enough trouble figuring it out. But what if the inhabitants of the Star Wars galaxy themselves didn't know how to pronounce it? In The Phantom Menace, when Jedi duo Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi attempt to leave the planet Naboo, they get a little sidetracked. I'm a master to the Supreme Chancellor. I'm taking these people to Coruscant. Where are you taking them? Wait, Master. We've discussed this before. It's pronounced Coruscant. You are pushing my patience with you, boy. I've brought you up into this world. I'll take you out of it. This is the epic tale of an incredible duel between Jedi Master and Jedi Apprentice over the pronunciation of the word C-O-R-U-S-C-A-N-T. I know I'm right about this, and that is fun. Oh, really, Obi-Wan? You want a piece of this? Oh, how I'd love to with your sorry excuse for a Jedi all over the city. Coruscant. Coruscant was written and produced by Jay Chipman, co-written and co-produced by Tracy Walters. Coruscant. Coruscant. Dramedy Productions production in association with Jaybird Studios. Visit our website at dramedyproductions.com. StarWarsSpoofs.com is a website with humorous animated cartoons spoofing the Star Wars universe. 
So drop on by StarWarsSpooks.com. See Darth Maul take on Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn in a lightsaber duel on Naboo. Visit the beautiful and graceful clones on Kamino. And watch as an Ewok steals a speeder bike on Endor. www.StarWarsSpoofs.com The greatest spoofs in the galaxy. And now it's time for our uh, first roundtable discussion. We actually have two of them uh, this show. Uh, the first one is, since this is our fan film episode, is fan films themselves. Uh, do you guys think that they're going to be carrying on the legacy uh, after episode three comes out? Because, of course, as Lucas has stated many times, this is it. He's not doing any more. Fine and, by me. And so it's, <laughs> yeah. Af- af- Sorry. Af- after this latest trilogy, do we really want him hem- helming any other ones? I'll tell know. you what I do want after this latest trilogy. He needs to, like, hand over the keys to someone else and let them do an X-Wing TV show. Well, I've actually heard in a former episode of uh, Digital Llama, I believe it was an interview with one of the guys from, uh, or a couple of the guys from TheForce.net, that they had overheard that there was, uh, at Skywalker Ranch, there was some talk about an X-Wing TV show. Now, whether or not that goes through, there's no telling. Uh, whatever's come from the hallowed halls of Skywalker Ranch um, can change at any minute. So, um, I would be more excited about an X-Wing TV show than I would be about another Star Wars trilogy. As long as it's not done by, as by long spelling, as I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Spelling, I mean, X-Wing, 90210. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could you? It's a love triangle between Wedge and Corrin and some chick. The uh, chick of the week, you know. Whistler. Whistler. <laughs> How do you know about Whistler? You told me. It's like the, the I know about Whistler's boat, mother. The love boat on the Death Star. <laughs> the Death Star. <laughs> Soon we'll be making another run. With uh, Admiral Motti. <laughs> Good evening, Captain Nita. How are Gopher and Doc? <laughs> oh, my word. Or if it was directed by Brandon Braga, we'd have uh, everybody back alive. <laughs> well, we're going to kill off the Death Star. Oh, wait, they just happen to have a spare, and look, everybody's still on that one. Right, they're all termites. And the Death Star would be square. The Death Star would be square. (laughs) They would assimilate everybody, right? (laughs) They wouldn't blow up planets. They just make everybody robots. The guy that does does Alley and Peel, what's that guy's name? Oh, Lynch, I think. Yeah, I, I don't remember, but I, I, know. I know that I, I wouldn't want him to do it. No. No. That would suck. That would be pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, Darth Vader's, like, got all this angst, and he's, like, having problems with dating, and... Well, I imagine he would, I mean... Well, yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. But, you know, you wouldn't want to see it that way. No. That quirky kind of Darth Vader. Callista Flockhart is the Emperor. Or, no. or, 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 you said Luke's, like Luke's Canyon. Instead of Dawson's Creek. Luke's Canyon. <laughs> yeah, but see, after that, they'd end up all having sex Luke with like each other, and then it would be over. That's true. That's true. Because that that would be the whole struggle, is yeah. who wants to shag who, and who's dating who, and that would just that would just be boring. And then pretty soon, you'd run out of diseases and people. <laughs> well, the good news uh. is maybe they could film it here in Wilmington. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a new series being filmed in Wilmington. And what series might that be? No idea what it's called. Okay, then. <laughs> Somebody's Diner or something? Or Somebody's other? the Mel's Diner? Is it a remake? No, yeah, it's uh, One something. Oh, One Tree Hill? Yeah, one that thing. Hill. I don't know. That seems pretty stupid, too, so I don't watch it. Hey, support <laughs> it. we got to keep cinematography in North Carolina going. Well, we do, but hopefully not crap. So... Crap. You know what? Crap isn't going to bring business to Wilmington. Wilmington is a small town. Well, not really small town. It's kind of the biggest one in the area. 
But as uh, hey, the Metropoli go... Crab did well enough for George Lucas in episode one. Oh. <laughs> you are going to get spanked with that one. He's a naughty boy. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that, uh, you know, we've basically, since the... Uh, since the prequels came out, fan films have flourished not not only because of the internet and the ease of of you know free rip downloaded illegal versions of software, but uh, I think that we fans have basically just said like you know what Lucas, you, okay, you did really good with the original trilogy, but you've done the kind of a subpar trilogy. the holy trilogy, and you've done a subpar job with the uh, the prequels. So you want to know what we think we can do it better now. Um, when, we, when it comes to fan films, you know, there are a lot of them that are out there that are bad, and there are a lot of really good ones out there, and I think that, I think some of, <laughs> I think that some of our, our uh, movies can carry on the legacy. I mean, there are series that are beginning. Uh, Night Quest 2 Night has Quest. been postponed. Have I seen Night Quest? I uh, don't know. It's a lot of, yeah, it was one that you didn't like. Um, oh my gosh, the one with like the, the two Padawans and the... Oh, old guy. The and the one old guy. The smack around that one. Yeah, that's the, so funny. The, now the force pimp slaps. <laughs> I think that's something and we'd the, like to see Yoda do. Wait a second, and like the whole bit with the the chick who's a smuggler, who there's no point to her plotline in the movie, and the acting is just terrible. It was eye candy. That's all. <laughs> but we're not we're not here to bash Night Quest. Wow. I, I happen to like Night Quest. I thought it was entertaining. It, it's it's not the best fan film out there, but I think it's it's a fairly decent. No, no, I think it's a pretty good one. Night Quest. I was able to watch all the way through without fast forwarding any parts of it. I cannot say the same about other fans. Uh, the apocalypse. <laughs> that's our ver- That's everybody's punching bag, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Well, I, I think the biggest thing—the biggest thing was—and uh, I know that the—it's uh, been mentioned on other internet radio shows that you know you don't have a, a, a you don't have a debate in the middle of a lightsaber fight. If you stop, then you kill them because they're obviously distracted. But if you want to hear more about that, check out Digital Llama. Abe Paterka has a really good commentary on that. Um, I think that there, uh, with Broken Allegiance coming out, which is of course uh, Bro- Broken Allegiance Two. Um, you know, we see some series that are actually beginning, so it is entirely possible to have a Star Wars version of um, of uh, an equivalent of the Star Trek Hidden Frontier series. Um, another series that is actually going to be coming out, in which we also have an interview with some of the folks of that, is uh, the guys Sins of the Jedi, oh, which is I'm actually really being really excited for this one. Yes, and that's actually being made in Wilmington. Um, which here in Wilmington, North Carolina, just about an hour from where we are. And uh, later on in the show, you'll hear an interview where we actually went to them and got to, to talk to them at, at great length um, about uh, their fan film and a lot of really cool behind-the-scenes um, information, which we'll probably be using on other episodes later on. We're hoping to do uh, you know an episode or so uh, completely based on them when they go to release their movie series. So will will fan films carry on the legacy? I think so. I think somebody has to, and it's basically up to us. We're going to be breaking for some more commercials now. Uh, check out some of the uh, the audio dramas and the fan films that are mentioned on our commercials. Um, you know, we're here to promote folks that have projects, and some of these projects you may not have heard of. So go ahead and check them out. We will promote everyone's projects, whether we like it or not. And, and we do. Even we'll do it more. That's true. Oh no, we do not accept money. Oh my gosh, Will. 
Well, okay, Janine does not accept money. Oh. However, the rest of us. <laughs> the rest of no. us are very fond of money. We're very fond of money. I happen to like it in its greeny state. Yes, um, I do it for free. She does it Whoa. for free. <laughs> we get paid to do the wild thing. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> before she became senator. My noble colleagues, less than an hour ago, an assassination attempt was made against my life. Before she became princess. I will not condone a course of action that will lead us to war. Before she was queen. I am Queen Amidala. She met her destiny all alone in the forest of Naboo. We're experiencing engine trouble, and we're going to have to make an emergency landing. Lolo, Professor Seiko is dead. I know. Both pilots are dead, too. Look, I think two of us need to go for help. There's got to be someone close by out here searching for us, and they have to have a comm unit. But little did she know. Look, Anola, in those trees. I still don't see anything. See where it looks like a log next to the shrubs? That's not a lot. What she would find. No, no. Hey, I'm over here. Come get me, you monster. Get me. I'm at all. Get back in Prince the Prince Cecil, welcome back to Naboo. Prince Varuna, the sordid plot that would threaten her world. Therefore, I shall put the question to you directly. I want to know where that harem is. And would change her life forever. I don't understand. I had a chance to get out, and I didn't. I could have grabbed the transport and flown out, or I could have run, but I didn't. I just sat there. I just sat there while everyone was counting on me. Finally, her story has a beginning. Rise of Nobility, coming soon. And we're back. Well, uh, for, we're bringing back an old segment uh, that was on the very first episode. It's the free resource, free file resource. It's a program, since this, of course, is our fan film episode, it's a program where you can actually edit your fan film uh, on on your computer, and it's the program is completely free because, of course, most video editing software is extremely expensive, upwards of you know anywhere from one hundred dollars to five, six, seven, eight million dollars. The program that I'm referring to, of course, is Windows Movie Maker 2. It comes free with uh, Windows XP. Um, if for any reason you don't have it on your XP machine, you can download it for free from Microsoft.com/slash/WindowsXP/slash/MovieMaker. It's um, if you need to download it, it is about 12 megs, so however long that's going to take you to download, uh, it's, it's worth it if you cannot afford um, any major uh, programs. It's fairly easy to use. You just basically drag all of your movie clips in. You can import from your uh, camera. You can edit files that you already have on your machine. Um, you can add music, sound effects. You can even add narration if you need to. Um, comes in really handy for any kind of uh, video work that you need to. Um, you can also download free transitions, sound effects, extra stuff. Um, you can download all of those from that same site. Uh, the requirements, of course, are 256 megs of RAM. Uh, you need about 1.5 gigs of available hard drive space. But uh, the, the program is very, very handy if you cannot afford, which many folks can't, um, any of the really expensive uh, software. And it pretty much does whatever you need it to. So, um, coming up next is a file that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, coming up next is a commentary that was 
uh, recorded by a gentleman on the boards. His name is Nezis. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's the uh, top ten ways to make your fan film look professional. It's something that everybody uh, should take a listen to and really pay heed to the information that he has. Hi, this is Aaron Moorhead of Perpetual Lawn Chair Productions. Some of you may know me as Nezis. I'm here to present to you Nezis's top ten ways to make your film look professional for those on a budget. So, uh, without any further ado, here we go. Back in the day, I had my old VHS-C camera, and it uh, sucked pretty badly. However, the age has shifted to digital, and now with some practical and digital effects, as well as more universal compatibility, you too can make your film look more professional. Here's some hints that have worked wonderfully for me. The first thing, uh, this is pretty self-explanatory, have a mini-DV camera. The higher quality makes your, your uh, entire film much better. Number two, if you need to, make yourself a checklist of things to make sure to do before taking any shot. Compose your shot well. Here's what's on my checklist in no particular order. It will quickly become mental if you do it enough. The first on my checklist is exposure. Is my scene too bright or is my aperture close too much so that I have a bad or grainy picture? Second is focus. Is my subject in focus? Do I want it to be in focus? Is my depth of field correct? This also applies to zoom and exposure since that is how you fake depth of field. This will be covered later on in the tutorial. The rule of thirds. Am I using it? Is this the correct time to break it? Does it even apply? Crossing the line. This is actually an editing technique, but you have to think of the editor while you're shooting, especially if you yourself are the editor of your film. If this is planned to be a subsequent shot, uh, did you cross the line of action? If you don't know what the line of action is, look it up online. White balance. How's my lighting? Is it tungsten or natural? Do I want a certain feel that would make me want to adjust the white balance in a special way? Shot log. Is this shot written in the log, and if so, is it written correctly? Who's taking care of the log? Do you even have a log? Um, and finally, stabilization. This is also covered later. Is this shot meant to be handheld? Is it meant to be tripod stabilized, dolly stabilized, or steadicam stabilized? Part three of my uh, top ten ways is take off your autofocus. Just don't forget to focus every single time. Forgetting this can ruin your shot. Now, when you're doing manual focus, you can actually get very far away from your picture and zoom in. Um, and zooming in will give you a fake shallow depth of field, so to speak. So, give that a shot. Um, number four, take off your auto exposure and any program auto exposure controls you may have. This might be known on your camera as program AE. Always do your exposure manually. It will help many things besides the exposure of your shot. Opening your aperture can also change your depth of field and be used for multiple special effects and posts, such as um, bleaching and such. Now, number five is white balance. White balance is actually a very difficult topic, but uh, you must do it well. If you don't have a manual white balance, make sure to set up your auto or programmed white balances perfectly. Sometimes I like to leave it on tungsten light balance, also known as your indoors setting, to give it a bluish tint, even if I'm uh, actually outdoors. It also looks kind of cool. <laughs> so uh, be careful that when you try to use it creatively. creatively. If you do something on purpose for an effect and it doesn't come out right, it'll look amateur rather than cool. Number six, widescreen. Now, this is actually goes by personal preference, but you 
will probably want to be on 16 to 9 ratio on your camera as opposed to simply putting the bars on. You could put the bars on in post if you'd like, but um, I prefer to do it in my camera. Optical 16 to 9 is preferable, but you'll have to shell out some big bucks to get it rather than digital 16 to 9. It doesn't make a huge difference to have optical rather than digital anyway, but if you're looking for a film look rather than a commercial or home movie, put on your 16 to 9 ratio. Number 7. Camera and lens are actually extremely crucial parts of professionalism and quality, but normally there isn't much to worry over that. I'd highly recommend a Sony camera from bhphotovideo.com. This is the best deal you can get for the best camera. Then again, that's only my experience. You can feel free to shop around. Shy away, personally, uh, I shy away from JVC or no-name companies if possible, unless you're on an extremely tight budget. You'll get tired of the limitations of these brands very fast. Um, as for the lens, try not to go for the one the camera b came with. They tend to be shoddy. The lens can possibly make the biggest difference in picture quality. Now, come standard on all Sony cameras is a Carl Zeiss lens, which uh, extremely ups the uh, value of your, of your professionalism. But there are many options for you to choose from. Number eight, um, lighting. Lighting is actually a field that I'm not very experienced in, but I can give it a shot. Lighting makes a huge difference in your picture quality. Don't go to, you don't have to go to huge financial lengths to light your movie unless you're going for total professionalism. There's no need for $800 lights, but flashlights won't really do either. Get a nice halogen light or two, maybe some sewing lamps, and then practice with hues and fluctuating lighting using gels, uh, also known as light coloring or a much cheaper alternative of reflecting the light off a of material the color you want the light to be. Trust me, it works. For example, um, put a red folder angled at the light so that a normal colored light hits it and bounces off like a mirror onto your subject and you'll get the red hue. Now, try other sources of lighting as well, such as computer monitors or, what, or whatever color you need, actually, for especially for darker scenes. Lighting in the dark is actually quite easy and fun, especially with fires and uh, also makes a pretty cool shot for your movie. This is an aspect of the professionalism area that the audience probably won't notice if you do it right and will completely notice and hate you for it if you do it wrong. Number nine, this actually doesn't have to do with video quality but just your overall professionalism um, and is important nonetheless. Buy a microphone. You won't regret it. Get an external mic. The, ex the internal ones of your camera tend to pick up the sounds of the camera and are almost always omnidirectional. If you have enough people or too many people that want to have a part, have one of them be a grip to operate a boom if you can get that kind of mic. Research it well. The uh, mic quality will make or break your movie's realism. This is another thing that if you do well, the audience won't notice, and if you do it badly, they most definitely will. Bad audio quality will completely ruin your movie. Number 10, get yourself a stabilizer. There are two types I would recommend, a tripod and a Steadicam. If you want to go more professional, there's jib arms and there's dollies and such, but for the basics, there's tripod and there's Steadicam. I'd actually recommend having both handy with you at almost any shoot you can have them. If you can even get a hold of a crane, that's, that's excellent. Um, you cannot have a shaky video and still look professional, um, but there's actually um, certain new techniques, with, especially with uh, war films that have shaky video, but you have to be very careful in how you use that technique. So for a tripod, make sure it is fluid head. Um, not just a fluid level on the top, although that's very handy, um, but the, the head of the tripod itself is actually fluid. 
um, because the friction heads uh, have jerky movement, they're hard to handle, and tend to basically restrict your movement and have bad pans and tilts. These range from $50, which I've seen at Radio Shack, um, to a lot. So try to get one around $70 to $100 for your wallet's sake. And there's a second element, a steady cam. It works exactly how the name says. It keeps your camera steady. But unlike a tripod, you can move while keeping the camera steady. If you notice a lot of movies, the camera is rarely static, um, even during serious scenes. The beauty of it is that you don't notice that it's moving. It's because the entire professional world has basically moved on to steady cams and such. I'd recommend you try to as well. You have two options. Make your own that per works pretty well for $15 or more. You can get this at Homebuilt Stabilizers. The URL is http colon slash slash homebuiltstabilizers.just.nu or you can get the $14 Steadicam, very popular, at www.student.virginia.edu slash tilde fms dash uva slash Steadicam, S-T-E-D-Y-C-A-M. Um, and the last one uh, seems to be the cheapest, so you'd probably want to go after that. Um, you could actually just buy a Steadicam if you'd like for about $200 and up. Way up. The one that I have my eye on is the Promax one at uh, Promax.com. You can check it out there. It's about $200. But I'm quite happy with my $14 Steadicam at the moment. Buy yourself a video making magazine and look at some of the Steadicams they have in the classified section and such, such as the Glidecam and the Glidecam Junior. Um, those tend to be ridiculously expensive, but if you're into that, go for it. Hello, fan audio fans. This is Nathan Butler of Chrono Radio and StarWarsFanWorks.com. Rich has invited me to come on the show briefly to outline a new Star Wars Chrono Radio contest for all of you out there looking at projects from myself, projects from Rich, and wondering, how do I get out there into the fan audio genre? Well, here's a chance. Chrono Radio has previously put out a trilogy of Star Wars short stories called Serial Editions, entitled Parallels. These are enhanced audiobooks wherein a short prose fiction story is presented with a narrator, reading it as if it is an audiobook, but with all speaking parts cast out to audio performers. Well, now that the first Chrono Radio contest has ended and its winner has claimed its prize with Rich's appearance on Chrono Radio this month, we're starting a new Chrono Radio contest, and that is a contest to see who will be the lucky person to have their Star Wars short story presented as the next Chrono Radio serial edition. Got a short story out there banging around your head? Don't want to see it just on paper? Want to have it out there in the fan audio realm? Submit it to Nathan at StarWarsFanWorks.com. One lucky winner will be chosen to have their short story transformed into the next Chrono Radio Serial Edition. Good luck, everyone. If you're looking for resources for your fan film, one of the best places to get it is TheForce.net. You can go to TheForce.net slash theater slash tutorials dot shtml, or you can go to fanfilms.com and click on the tutorial section down in the bottom left-hand corner. It's got just about any kind of information you're going to need for general filmmaking, script writing, choreography, shooting, uh, codex for compression, props, costumes, how to do the opening crawl, and of course the most important part of your fan film, the lightsaber gloves. Um, it's also got a lot of sound effects, so even if you're in the audio field and uh, you're doing uh, fan audio dramas, you can get lots of good sound effects that have been ripped from uh, some of the various LucasArts games uh, from fanfilms.com. And also, if, for your fan film, if you're looking for CG models, um, you can get them in all kinds of formats, from Lightwave to 3D Studio Max. 
Uh, you can get them at sci-fi3d.theforce.net. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. I still don't like the idea of working for an Imperial officer, a former Imperial officer. There's no such thing as a former Imperial officer. The Empire's got better things to worry about than two down-on-their-luck smugglers. Just be thankful we've got a job. Two smugglers will be given a job. Contained on this data tape are the technical schematics to the Death Star. That could affect the future of the galaxy. I can assure you the Alliance will pay you generously for delivering this information. But when a lethal bounty hunter arrives, Dantorus, it will become a fight to survive. What the hell is Dantorus doing? And the survivor will hold the future of the galaxy in his hand. No one is going anywhere. Star Wars. Smugglers run. The fate of the galaxy is now in your hands. Coming 2003. We've got one final roundtable discussion for this month, and this uh, fits in with fan films as well as fan audio productions, and it is about the music that's used in fan films. Um, you, you know, how would you guys... Uh, how do you guys feel about the music that's used in the fan film? Obviously, it can really set the mood. It can help to speed a, a scene along. Now, there are, you know, do you believe that it should be solely the John, you know, do you take the purest standpoint, which is the John Williams music no, that was in the movies? No, do that's you, old. Uh, what, okay, mix, I mean, just, do, what about modern music? And when I mean modern music, I mean music that has, you know, that has lyrics to it, a la uh, Knight's Tale, or just the instrumental music that's from It totally from depends on the fan film. Exactly, like, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about uh, the, the concepts for fan films when we had our first round table discussion, it totally depends on what your concept for that film is. Like American Jedi, the modern music was, of course, perfectly appropriate, and, and made it funny, and really made the movie, in my opinion. And then you have Sins of the Jedi, where they had a soundtrack completely scored for it. I mean, definitely, you got to use that, if you can, because if you use this... The music John Williams scored, he scored... He used... I can't even talk. He scored for particular scenes, or scenes with the same mood. So, yes, if you're showing Sith, hey, why not use, you yeah. know, the Imperial March or Darth Vader's theme? But... And if Duel of the Fates is appropriate for your lightsaber battle, sure, why not use it? But by the same token, if you've got the assets and the resource to score something for your space battle or for your lightsaber battle with maybe hints brought in of John Williams' old stuff to tie in your movie to the trilogy or the other new movies too, I mean, great, do it. Because that's really all he's doing with the new trilogy is he's scoring a lot of new stuff but he's bringing in elements of his old music that kind of brings it all together. And yeah, and why not? Why not score your own stuff? You know, why not? Why not suit the music to to what you're trying to do? I mean, it makes your product a lot more original, and it makes it 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 makes it a lot more creative. I think, especially just taking it from somebody else. Especially if you're trying to showcase people's different talents and abilities, you're showcasing a director, a producer, a costumer, actors, and I mean you know, sound editors, and why not showcase a composer? I know that uh, there, there are some fan films. Uh, Broken Allegiance was one that did completely scored their own music. Which I thought was wonderful. One of the reasons I, I did like Broken Allegiance. Um, now, I know that that can be tough for a lot of folks, and that's why sometimes using music from other movies uh, comes into play because you do have solely instrumental music. Um, sometimes obscure movies, you know, because hey, there's some people that are worried. 
Yeah, if, as long as it matches, and that's the key thing, I think, as long as it really uh, portrays the mood that you want to, because, of course, it's at each director's discretion. Um, each person has, you know, certain music in their brain when they're writing the movie. You know, um, for the scenes that I've written for stuff, I usually have a particular song that's playing in my head as I'm writing it, and so everything is choreographed to that song. Uh, Tarantino does that, but for some folks, the music is added in later on. I know with the formula, some of the, you know, they had some of the best music that I've heard in some of their scenes, such as Sellout, um, Everybody Hurts, you know, really good, uh, the, the song from the Gorillas that talks about money, a lot of really good music. Um, and then you have some fan films that completely use the wrong music for the wrong scene. Now, of course, the, the fan film purist, um, you know, yes, that, that's annoying. But the key thing is, as long as you're, you're putting out what you feel is best, that's the key thing. And if somebody on the boards or somebody watches the film, or even us, you know, we don't like it, you know what, it doesn't matter. Then we missed the boat on whatever you wanted to put out. And that doesn't mean that your fan film or your fan audio is bad. It just means that, you know, hey, we didn't like it. But that, of course, is a judgment call. Yeah, why do you care whether we like your fan films? And by we, I mean not just the show, but I mean anyone. Who cares whether we like your show or not? Yeah, we rip on a lot of fan films out here and, and fanfic, but, I mean, that's why we have this show, so we can do that. And I certainly <laughs> hope that there are other people out there who make fun of us, and I know that there are. And, and, I mean, and let's face it, nine times out of ten, in not just fan films, but in anything, purist is maybe just another way of saying conformist, or purism is another way of saying lack of originality. That's, oh. very, that's, that's very good. That's good very point, good. Ron. Um, and, of course, you know, for some folks, uh, you know, if you're out in your backyard shooting you know, your fan film, um, it can be tough to find just the right music, or it can be even tougher to find something you can score for you. out in the middle of the woods you. with a Jedi versus a Sith? Well, no, we don't want to... With a lightsaber battle, perhaps? We don't want to combine all fan films. Uh, just, <laughs> just, <laughs> and, and that's, it, that's, you know, that's part of the formula that's absolutely necessary in a fan film. But uh, So if you're out there, if you're making a fan film and you're worried about music, use whatever music you feel portrays the emotion, the, the pace that you want it to. Don't worry about what other people think. Uh, if you want to do it pure, then do it pure. Use John Williams' music. But you want to know what? If you want to put in you know, KMFD, go for it. If you want to put some Eminem in there, I don't know why, but go for it. If you want, if you to, want just to put in some Beatles, oh, I will love you forever. They're my most favorite band. I think we draw the line at Hanson. Oh yeah. my gosh, you put Hanson in, I will come and like beat you up. Unless it's funny. Unless it's funny. No Menudo either. Menudo, yeah. You no. can put in like... You can put Ricky Martin in. I can be your hero, baby. That's not Ricky Martin, That's dude. not Ricky Martin? No, that's, that's like Enrique, uh, Enrique Iglesias. Iglesias. Julio, I saw Julio Iglesias. Uh, awesome. Julio Iglesias? Oh, he's cool. And uh, his mole. I wonder if his mole is the back of That's Enrique Iglesias? Not, yeah, not Julio. That's Enrique Let's just go ahead and say no boy bands. No boy bands, Quote, yes. Boy bands. yes. Okay, let's put it this no way. No boy bands in films either. Lucas didn't put in sync in, your fan, in his movies, don't put them in your fan films. Fair enough? <laughs> You're here. <laughs> Whether right. they be seen or heard. Wait, would that be the only good call George Lucas made? I think so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we loved you, old flannel We love boy. you. We love George Lucas. <laughs> All right, and We just love the old you more. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's punishment for not telling me that I didn't have to use my sexy voice anymore. The two of you have to do the rest of the show in, the, in your sexy voices. Okay, you need... <laughs> I think and in punishment for not telling me that I didn't have to use my sexy voice anymore, 
Well, boys, you guys have to use your sexy voice for the but, rest of the show. But it was for the sexy fans. Voice. But it was for the fans. I don't count. I was fired. Then you can't talk for the rest of the show. No, that's that's ah All right, Ron. Why don't you go ahead with your uh, with the upcoming releases? Well, okay, boys. Here it is from StarWarsIndirect.com. Star Wars Indirect Episode 41. <laughs> it's, it's available December the 14th. Live broadcast. It's <laughs> 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 like you have a speech impediment. Stop letting you going. Now you see what I had to put up with all yeah, those times. Okay, okay, that was, okay, wait, no. That, that was... <laughs> that was that was my, my sexy short bus voice. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, Rich, you have to read the next one. I have, I have That's to. a hot retard right now. All right, we're, uh... <laughs> All right, I guess I'll do the closing in my sexy voice. Okay? Is that what you want? You want my sexy voice? Oh, give it to me, baby. I, I know, I'll do my China. Uh-huh. I know, I'll, uh-huh. I'll, I'll... I'll do my China from the WWE. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Look, everybody, it's Nicole Bass. Did you just make your voice deeper than it normally is? (laughs) Have you ever heard a child? She's a bass. (laughs) She's definitely not now. I sound like Vera DeMilo from (laughs) Living Color. Well, you should see her Adam's apple move when she talks like that. (laughs) <laughs> well, Rich, what else do you have to tell us? All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and continuing to support this experiment as it continues. And I'm not talking about my steroid use. <laughs> Dude, you sound like you're gay. <laughs> So I'd really like to thank my co-hosts, Ron and Janine, <laughs> and Chris Hannell. And you were saying about Rich earlier, Will? He's so no. gay. Or he's so far into the closet. No, he, he's so deep in the closet, he's finding Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> he's not really gay. He's a happily married man. with. I've a got a wife and three kids. so One I'm set of twins. Cover! Right? Cover! <laughs> <laughs> he's insecure. <laughs> now, our friend Austin, on the other hand... We love you, Austin. We love you, Austin. I'm secure in my masculinity. Platonic way. Yeah, platonic way. He's out there, guys, and he's loving it. I don't think he's going to appreciate that very much. I don't think he's going to mind. Thank you, Nezis, for the uh, 10 ways to make a professional fan film. Um, Will, the disembodied voice, glad to have you back. Uh, Ron Janine, thank you very much for this episode. It was my pleasure, boys. And for using that voice, I'm sure it was about half of our audience's pleasure also. Um, (laughs) And we actually did get more compliments than anything on her voice. So uh, we just want to say we're back to the old uh, our good format. We didn't really like the old format. Uh, And for those of you who did, stop listening. Yeah, if you know, we're... (laughs) We're here to review fan films and to promote, uh, or not fan, we're here to review fan projects and to promote fan projects, and we're not perfect, we're not the overall end-all to, uh, you know, to reviews and how well it is. But hey, it's we're just, free advertising. We're free advertisement, and it's just our opinions. If you don't like it, that's fine, because we're going to keep putting them out as long as we've got a host. 
And, and we uh, love to put out. Well, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> well, I think I think yeah, I think the rest of our audience is kind of busy right now, so they're not listening to this show anymore. Uh, so we just want to say thank you for continuing uh, your your support. Make sure you give us send us any feedback to Rich at StarWarsFanWorks.com or. I'm not giving out my email address again. Ron, okay, or Rich at StarWarsFanWorks.com. Just kidding. <laughs> JKG underscore Vader at Yahoo.com. Or you can go ahead and post in our forums at Force.net under the fan audio uh, boards or at GalacticSenate.com under the fan, board se- uh, fan audio boards there also. So thank you for tuning in, and have a nice day. Goodbye. What if it's not day and they watch it? Well, then good night. Uh-huh. Or good... Whatever. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. <laughs> and have a pleasant tomorrow. Okay. The real reason for anyone, anyone, to make a fan film, in my opinion, man, just have fun. My film isn't going to change the world. I understand that. But I learned a lot, and I had a lot of laughs because I made it with my friends. And if you're not having fun, why are you making this fan film in the first place? Who cares if a film's not perfect? Who cares what other viewers or some stupid short-sighted radio critic says on some flashy website? Sometimes you just got to step back and say, hey, it's only a movie.